0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
0: 18 plus. You are listening to the next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of The Snowman. A woman vanished last night. We just found the body. Prince? And the head... (sighs) ...is missing.
1: He calls himself the Snowman Killer. He's completely insane keep the front door open i'm thinking that he's going after women that he disapproves of the only thing we know for sure
0: is that he's playing games with us all right everyone you were just listening to the trailer for the snowman and the story is as follows for detective harry hole The death of a young woman during the first snowfall of winter feels like anything but a routine homicide. His investigation leads him to the Snowman Killer, an elusive psychopath who continuously taunts Hole with cat and mouse games. As the vicious murders continue, Harry teams up with a brilliant recruit to try and lure the madman out of the shadows before he can strike again. The film is starring Michael Fassbender, Rebecca Ferguson, Charlotte Gainsborough, Val Kilmer, and J.K. Simmons. It is directed by Thomas Alfredson, and it is written by Hussein Armini, Peter Strawn, and Soren Zvestrup. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Joining me for this review,
1: I have David Hart from Pop Culture Case Study. How are you, Dave? Uh, I'm doing well. I managed to not laugh when you said the main character's name, so I feel pretty proud of myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, listen, I think we're going to laugh a lot during this
0: review. Because I hope so. <laughs> Oh man, this might just be the single most laughable movie I have seen this year. And I, I, I just saw Tulip Fever recently. You know? I, I didn't know it's how up much there too. I didn't know how much worse cinema could get in twenty seventeen and now I know. I don't know. I saw the Book of Henry, so Oh, you too, yes. That was so for the record, that was previously hard to my beat. worst film of twenty seventeen, and now there is a new contender. So step aside, Book of Henry, you have been challenged. The Snowman, by the same director, if you can believe it, of Let the Right One In and Take a Taylor Soldier Spy. And to his credit, he has come forward in the press and he has said that they were unable to shoot 10 to 15% of the script. And he admits that the film does not work.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if I'm giving him credit for that or not. Like I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. But it's also like, what happened? It's like
0: better than saying uh we made this for fans, not the critics. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: That's that's what's coming next. The the big fan base of the snowman. Yes, of course. Uh, and it just makes me feel like a behind the scenes documentary about this would have been more entertaining than
0: the movie. Maybe. I mean, this does have a, a following. It's based on a, a pulpy crime thriller uh, novel that mm-hmm. supposedly is a bestseller, and they were supposed to make this into a series of films. Uh, that ain't happening anymore let me tell you (laughs) well
1: i don't even know how they were going to do that because this this movie is based on the book that is the seventh in the series which sounds like a bad idea just off the jump like we're gonna start okay we're starting here after apparently a lot of stuff has happened maybe we would care more about harry's character if we knew the first six stories in this saga apparently
0: so i cared a lot about harry's character actually no let me rephrase that I cared sort of, kind of, for Harry's character a little bit, like very minuscule, um, because there's a prologue that happens in the beginning of this movie, and not to give spoilers away, but I
1: thought the prologue was about him. (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely had that moment, and then about halfway through the movie, I was like – Oh, I see what you're doing here. Uh, that's that's disappointing. Right, so I thought they were doing this to build up
0: sympathy for this guy who's an alcoholic drunk and is, right. an, is an addict and, you know, has a very weird, I guess you could call it family life. Um,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> where he's like the parental figure to this kid that's his son, but he doesn't know that he's really his real father. And the other, the boyfriend just kind of like lets him hang around still, and I... Like I don't know if I was that boyfriend, I'd be like, "You should go, Yo, get away, Harry. get away from my, uh, <laughs> get away from like my soon-to-be step kid." What the fuck are you doing?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing: is that I'm a big Michael Fassbender fan. Like I am a defender. Like even you know, I went and saw his his uh, video game movie that he did last year, and like half heartedly defended his performance there. But here, I feel like he knows he's in a trash fire. Oh, he's sleepwalking through this movie. I it, see, and I wouldn't even call it. I almost wish he was sleepwalking through it. But he's like, he's like it. 50% capacity. Like he's like there's a certain moments where he like you can tell he cares a little bit and then he just kind of has this realization and is like, oh, "I'm going to distance myself from this as much as I possibly can," which honestly is probably the right move in this movie.
0: Well, did you see the trailers for this film? Yes. Did you see like what looked to be the most emotionally charged
1: scene from the trailer is not even in the movie? Yep. Yep, not in the movie at all. Apparently that hit the cutting room floor. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it didn't make sense like the rest of this movie. Yeah, they
0: they went with the Blade Runner happy ending, which which (laughs) leads me to believe we're going to get a Thomas Alfredson director's cut of The Snowman. And this is going to become like the new Blade Runner for like 20 years from now. There's going to be like all these cuts of this film to try and make it better,
1: basically. (laughs) (laughs) That is probably the only way you could say this will be like a Blade Runner, is that there'll be many cuts. And that's the other thing. How shocking is it that this comes from Alfredson? Who... For my money has made two of the best movies of this century yeah. with Let the Right One In and especially Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and I think you can feel his hand here there's a there's a distance to the way he shoots which really works for those two movies um but if you're going to really care about the characters in this you can't have that distance and like and if you comp- combine that with like the isolation of kind of the uh, of the setting we've got here with all the snow and Norway and all that going on, it creates even more distance. So you just like – I mean people have talked about this movie like it's laughably bad, and I didn't have that experience. I just had the experience where it was bad, and I was bored out of my mind. Oh, God, Like yeah. I was like, w- can we just – can we stop already? Like what is it, – it would be one thing. Like Book of Henry has its moments because it's so ridiculous that you're like shaking your head and laughing. And this is just like, oh, so this thing happened. And then that accident happened, and Val Kilmer showed up doing whatever it is he's doing. And it just was like, we, is this only two hours? Because this feels like about four or five. You know, this
0: might be single-handedly the most bored I was during a movie this year. I, I, yes. I have to say, this was arduous, tedious, and just <laughs> downright exhausting. And it's yep. not even a full two hours. It's one minute shy of two hours. Right. I – oh, my lord. It's, it, and I think part of the reason why is because – Right away from the very, very beginning, the, the prologue of the film, it just feels soulless. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem to come together to hit you the way that it should. Even with, like you said, Alfredson's uh, touch, that distant feeling, um, those those um, wide shots that become push-ins, Right. it just keeps you at an arm's length from everything. And then there are these like very static shots, and then... Very oddly, it'll be like, we need to move the camera and we need to not go handheld, but let's just do some ridiculous pans and dollies and, you know, so on yeah. and so forth. And I almost feel like there were times where I'm like, can they just go handheld? Can they create right. a sense of tension and unease for me? Because this movie lacks zero suspense.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing this is a movie about a serial killer. Like, You should have suspense, you should feel risk, you should care about these people. And for God's sakes, the movie opens with the death of a child's mother sinking into the ice, and you feel nothing. Nothing.
0: (laughs) I'm as cold as ice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, for the whole movie. And it's just like, no matter what happens, like, honestly, pick any character in this movie, and maybe except for, for Harry's kid, if you kill any of these characters, I'm like, yeah, I guess, okay, fine. Like there's no <laughs> there's no connection to any of these people, and that distance that uh, that the director creates. I mean, that's not enough of an excuse because characters and Let the Right One In and Tinker Taylor, if they if something bad were to happen to them, you feel bad about it. But here, it's just like there's so much missing. And if you, talk, you want to talk about the detective aspect of this story, none of the choices make sense. Like the things that they figure out, you're like, yeah, no, that's. That doesn't make any sense. Like, there's a lot missing. It feels more like 75% is missing than 15
0: Yeah, I hear you on that one. Speaking of things that just don't connect, though, Val Kilmer. Oof. Um, okay, he kind of gets a little bit of a pass from me because I understand the guy had uh, oral cancer yeah. during the yeah. filming of this film. So he looks sick on camera. Yes, They had somebody audio dub his voice because apparently. Badly. He could speak. But,
1: it, but it, yes, it is really, really bad. I couldn't believe I was watching a professional film, honestly, in those sequences. Oh. Like, this is, not, this is not a student film that you're rushed to put out. Like, this is a bunch of professionals working on a film, and you can't dub. Like, granted, it sucks that they had to dub, and it feels, like, a little irresponsible that they continued with him being in this movie, given the physical shape he was in. But if you're going to do that, at least dub it correctly. Like, come on, man. Like, I noticed, like, you know i watch a lot of movies but there are people in that theater that don't watch a lot of movies and you could hear them kind of snickering and kind of looking side to side like am i seeing what i think i'm seeing and yes yes you are this is bad dubbing in a motion picture that has a lot of money and Scorsese scorsese producer i mean like it's <laughs> there's no excuse for this kind of thing to be put out
0: what was his even involvement in the plot i he shows up for Two, three scenes, and then he's just gone.
1: Yeah. I don't understand. What, why couldn't they just cut him completely from the film? Oh, they absolutely could. They absolutely could. It has no – I mean it has a bearing. If you cared about these characters, if you cared about who the killer was and what the killer has been through, then yes, this matters. But in terms of like the plot wrapping up, it doesn't help at all. Like nothing – Nothing connects here. And like, you know, it would be easy to say, you know, oh, it's just the, the vocal stuff that bothers me. But even, even Kilmer's physicality, and I don't know how much of that is due to his illness, but it was just – it looked like – you know, like you've seen Men in Black, right? It looked uh, yeah. like, like like an alien wearing a human suit. Like he was mm-hmm. just like moving awkwardly and it was just like, what are we doing here? Like this is embarrassing to watch for me.
0: Well, what was most embarrassing about it was when it was all over and, and the film ended – I just was like that was just so bad and in such poor taste and is literally going to make this the worst film, worst film of the year for me that if they had just cut that out, um, you show that, that cut side by side with this and that cut wins. That yeah. that cut yeah. is an immediately better cut because the film is – the film is what? 15 minutes tighter?
1: Yeah. I mean if nothing else, it's just shorter and I can leave the theater now. And like, it,
0: But like I said be- too, <laughs> I, in my opinion – like you're saying, it has bearing on the plot. I do not see how it has any bearing on the plot whatsoever, and I feel like it could have just been taken out completely, and it would have saved face for Val Kilmer, you know, because people are thinking Val Kilmer gave a bad performance in this, and they don't really know that the guy was sick. And right, right, you're right. It just it it creates a mix of emotions where you want to, you know insult the integrity of the film but at the same time how can you when this guy was i i just blame the filmmakers man. i I don't know what the fuck this movie was thinking
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it definitely doesn't have a bearing on the plot like if we cared about who the killer was and everything that they've gone through then sure but like you can easily cut this out and and the movie i mean it's probably still as bad it's probably less laughably bad uh, but it's still not a good movie, even if you cut out that fifteen twenty minutes that he's there
0: now we we talked about um characters you know such as val Kilmer we talked about michael fassbender um i I actually think that um Rebecca Ferguson um is probably maybe along with j k. Simmons, the only two people in this that I kind of felt like. Okay, I'm enjoying watching both of them on screen. Rebecca Ferguson, because she kind of gets the emotional, personal connection to the plot. So she's the character that I think, other than Harry, you're supposed to care about the most. Yes. J.K. Simmons, I just liked watching because his voice was so different. What is he
1: doing? What was was that? And that's the other thing about this movie is, like, either people had no accent or they had, like, everyone had a different one. Yeah. And it was like, what was the guidance behind this movie? Like, every movie has dialogue coaches. Every movie has people, like, making sure that these things are as consistent as they can be. But, like, Val Kilmer was doing something different. Uh Fastbender was doing something different. Simmons was doing it. Toby Jones. I mean, it's just like everyone is doing their own different thing. And I think i mean i I'll, I'll agree with you on Rebecca Ferguson, who is an actress who I firmly believe is really excellent and deserves so much better than she's gotten kind of post mission impossible i mean she was she was also in uh what was the movie life uh yeah, she was in Life, and then she was in like the kind of the the movie that was supposed to be that year's Gone Girl, the girl on you know, the train. Yeah, I mean, just these oh, awful, yeah. awful movies, and you're like, you're so much better than this. And J.K. Simmons, I think, has already proved how great he is. I mean, if you look at things like Whiplash, but here it's just like it's another plot thread that is like, why do we care? What? what effect does this have on the end of I mean, you could honestly make this movie about 55 minutes. Like you could just cut out so much and at least it would be short. But I, you know what he's doing there with his voice. I mean, he's trying something, which is fine. But it doesn't really seem to fit in with the rest of the movie. And that, I think, is the main problem with this, is it feels like just these this hodgepodge of scenes just thrown together. You can really see the editing really clearly in this movie.
0: Oh, definitely. 100%. And it's so interesting, too, because we're talking about, like, how this film could have been better. And I don't know about you, but I just came off of watching Hunter on Netflix. Mm. And that, fil- uh, that f- series, rather is all about exploring the psyche of serial killers from the FBI's perspective in the 1970s. There is none of that introspectiveness in this film whatsoever. There is zero personality given to like most of these characters. I, I just feel so cheated by this movie. It's probably the biggest disappointment of the year for me. And God, I mean, when I when I went to go type up positives about this movie, or at least try <laughs> to think Good of luck. some positives, I came up with two things, two things, and this the first one the first one's funny. <laughs> Exterior shots is a positive, yeah, but not interior shots, <laughs> right?
1: No, the exteriors are beautiful. Oh, like, the landscape stunning looks to look amazing. At. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yep. And he captures that so beautifully, but man, oh, man, in the interiors, Oof. it just it, – cinematography just lo- didn't look good. It was bland. It was flat. Like there was no yep. dimensionality to like the, the frame or anything. It just looked, you know, just unpleasant to look at. And then you have uh, the second thing that I actually found to be positive, if, if we want to call it that, uh, Marco Beltrami's uh, score I found to be um, at least somewhat interesting at times
1: yeah it was interesting i mean uh, a bit heavy handed I think in places, but I think that kind of goes with what the movie is but you mentioned uh this kind of lack of personality from from these characters there's there's definitely there's definitely that i mean you t- see people just kind of stumbling around into into this crime and figuring things out just by happenstance or by poor writing There's no detective there's, work in this movie <laughs> no 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 not at all not at all and there's there's some of the worst dialogue I have heard in a long time in a big-budget film. Like, at one point, a obstetrician is referred to as a, quote, pregnancy doctor, mm. um, which I don't think I've heard anyone yeah. ever say. And then there's one character who describes himself as infertile, which is fine, but then very quickly says, I can't have children. Yeah, I— <sighs> We know what infernal means. Like, who are you ta- And he's talking to a police officer. It's not like this is some, you know, someone on the street who he thinks is an idiot. Like, this is someone who's relatively intelligent. And it's just so poorly written and so spoon-fed. But yet, the detective work is not spoon-fed. Things just happen. Like, they just make these connections out of nowhere in order to show up at the right moment. And it just, and there's these ill-timed you know, sexual scenes with Charlotte Gainsbourg and and Fassbender that are... I mean, it's so devoid of emotion and passion that it just comes off as like, and this is where you mount him. Okay. You know, it's just like, what is happening?
0: Yep. I even uh, wrote down a note that literally says, uh, Charlotte G, come on, you're sexier than this. (laughs)
1: Yeah. We've seen you in movies where you can do this on screen. Like, she just looks like she is barely there.
0: Yep. Well, both of them. I'm telling you, they're both practically sleepwalking A- everyone is in this movie you know yep. I, man this this freaking film i i just i can't i i really 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 truly believed i had seen the worst that 2017 had to offer and then and <laughs> we're getting to the end like december is almost here in comes october <laughs>
1: you
0: know and it's like
1: holy and, and crap. the worst isn't some like cheaply made horror movie which you would kind of expect to kind of show up around now but there's I'll no say- jump scares in this movie yeah, I'll I'll take Happy Death Day over the Snowman any day.
0: I mean, there's one scene where a woman walking down the street gets a snowball thrown at her. She oh. turns around, oh, never mind, and then she just like and casually happens. turns the other way and she keeps going to her car. No, if somebody throws a snowball at me, I'm like, hey, fucker. You just throw a snowball at me, like this, <laughs> exactly. it was just so stupid.
1: Yeah, and they have they do have a really tough tough sell here, where you have to somehow make a snowman intimidating, like it's a child's plaything, and you're supposed to make it it's intimidating. Not, but they abjectly failed at that oh yeah like my audience was just kind of snickering anytime a showman snowman showed up and what should be happening in those moments is you should be as an audience scared for your characters if that snowman shows up because you know something bad is going to happen but because you don't care or worse yet you don't know anything about any of these characters so there's no connection to them if they're in danger i can't begin to tell people how difficult it
0: is to follow A, the plot of this movie, and mm-hmm. B, the dialogue in this movie because it is so bland and so boring and uninteresting to listen yep. to that your brain just wants to tune it out to a certain point where this film <laughs> became nothing but visual storytelling to, for me at a certain point where yep, I, I have to say the last half of an hour in the movie, I wasn't even listening anymore to what people were saying. Uh, the film had just lost me, and I was – just watching images on screen. I couldn't tell you what was going on anymore.
1: As someone who listened, you didn't miss anything because they didn't actually explain what was going on. So you're probably better off just looking at the pretty pictures.
0: Wow. (laughs) And then, then of course, the ending to this film, where, based upon the trailers, I thought we were going to get a different ending. And then when we got Mm -hmm. the ending that we got instead, and it ends on just a note that didn't leave me feeling anything whatsoever and the worst part about it of all is that like i said this was meant to be the first in a series and they leave it open in such a way where it's like oh detective
1: harry hole will return and it's like god Uh, damn it that's right i'll take the case like ah stop it jesus yeah it's not it doesn't it doesn't end well it doesn't start well uh, doesn't middle well <laughs> if anything this ending actually fits the movie because again you feel nothing I will never watch this movie again no no matter how many cuts that come out I'll, like I said I'll watch a documentary about it but yeah, I'm not this maybe movie that again.
0: I, I think I might have to do a documentary about it maybe I have to do like a Batman and Robin you know type <laughs> exactly. documentary where they all just <laughs> shit on it like ten years later <laughs> yep oh my gosh okay final thoughts on the film
1: Dave a great out of ten.
0: Oscar potential.
1: (laughs) Take it away. Uh, Oscar potential zero. I'll just start (laughs) with that. Like this isn't I mean, it's it's not, you know, like you said, the external is great. The internal is terrible. So you can't even really go to bat for the cinematography or the camera work. It's horribly directed, which pains me to say, and it's lazily acted. Uh, which is shocking given this cast. Um, But I still don't think it's the worst movie of the year. I think, uh, you know, I'd rather have sat through this than something like The Book of Henry or Baywatch. Uh, So I'd give it like a 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's
0: uh, that's generous, my lord. Um, (laughs) I'm a kind reviewer. (laughs) I'm going with the dreaded, awful... One out of ten score, which is the lowest I could possibly give anything on Next Best Picture because w- – let me tell you. I gave Book of Henry the same score. Mm-hmm. Book of Henry was uh, a movie that was bad on a level where it was funny at times just because of how ridiculous it was.
1: It was aggressively
0: bad. <laughs> this movie is boring bad and you never, yeah. ever, ever want to be
1: boring bad. See, I think that's where we differ because I, I have – I would give a lower score to something that is funny and aggressively bad. Like I get that you got some enjoyment out of it, but it's still like so out of touch and out of tone, whereas this is just boring. Like I'd much rather probably watch Book of Henry again, but I think but I think it's a worse movie.
0: Yeah, but Book of sense. Henry uh, uh, personally offended me, which is another cardinal sin you don't want to commit. So Oof, yeah, that's not great. They're both on the same level for me, but for different reasons. <laughs> Yes, for um, sure. But I would actually rank this one lower because at least with Book of Henry I had that feeling of like <laughs> what, what like, is going what on is here? Happening? Sure. In this sure. movie it was just looking at my watch and I'm not going to lie I went to I took to Twitter uh during the movie <laughs> i just
1: I, I, I was that bored well it's, it's twitter's fault you were watching this you put out that poll and we all wanted you to suffer so we said the snowman you know
0: what i, I am i i am dying for for the sins of filmmakers out there okay the sins yeah. that they are committing i am i am slowly dying people because i am forced to Oof. see this crap <sighs> wow Screw Oscar potential with this movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah, zero, zero, zero. Across the board, (laughs) my friend. Razzie potential.
0: It's got that going for it. Oh, I think it's got some of those categories (laughs) locked up.
1: Oh, locked up. Believe me. All right, Dave, where can they find you on the internet? Um, Well, as mentioned earlier, I have a podcast called Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze uh, pop culture and movies and tie it into psychology. And you can, of course, download that on your podcatcher of choice or find me on Twitter at PC Case Study.
0: And. I wish I could say, you know, just for you to give an example of your work, can you apply some of that logic to the characters in this film? But you just can't. <laughs> some people like are just
1: beyond help, Matt. I mean, that's just some people you can't help, and you, you got to be okay with that.
0: You know what? I, I will take that <laughs> clinical response, actually. That's that's actually a pretty good one. <laughs> this movie cannot be saved. <laughs> oh, my God. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this Bashing of the snowman on the next best picture podcast. I mean, we kind of got carte blanche from uh, Thomas alfredson to bash his movie, so we don't <laughs> feel that bad about it in the end. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and Castbox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Your comments are always appreciated, and we will see you all next time.